Good evening. Wow. Thank you for the enthusiastic reception. Just uh, uh, Pastor Art um, uh, introduced my wife. Just I'll, I'll have her stand. Uh, you know her. Her name is Aura. That is Laura without the L. Her parents were missionaries, couldn't afford the L. Um, just like the Christmas song, Noel, Noel. Thank you. And then we, we were able to bring with us from Portugal um, uh, a young lady from our church, Sophie. She's going to stand as well. Okay. <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity that this church uh, provided that we could bring Sophie along so that she could be part of the teen camp this last week. That was a huge, huge uh, blessing for her, I'm sure. I haven't seen her much, but uh, I'm sure it's been, it's been good. And I want to thank uh, the church also for, for the opportunity that the church gave me to be part of the, of the camp as well. That was a huge blessing. Uh, got to pick up a lot of uh, ideas, uh, ways of doing things, uh, ways of not doing things. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, and it, it was a tremendous week of, of camp for me, and the guys in my cabin were very gracious and accommodating. You know, this strange guy showed up from Portugal, and, uh, and they were very, very uh, nice. Uh, and anyway, appreciate it very much. Also, want to thank the church for the, in person, for the sacrificial offering uh, that we were made beneficiaries of and the ministry in, in Portugal. Uh, as you know, the, um, we're right, uh, we've had to go through a transition in the ministry there in Portugal. It was a very sudden uh, the, the need for the transition was very sudden, um, nothing that we had planned for, um, but God is good, uh, and there's uh, abundant and sufficient grace in, in our Lord. And so right now we're, we're uh, just beginning to get back into the groove of things in, in, in terms of the camp ministry over there, and even the church planting ministry of the new church in Castelo Branco. Uh, but um, your offering uh, will go a long way uh, in the fact that we have been able to uh, bring into the ministry a, a, a person that will be the caretaker for the camp property. And that will make a huge uh, difference. And um, w this is something uh, that we had been praying about for over a year now and preparing for whenever the Lord would open the, uh, the door of opportunity. Uh, we had more or less the profile of the person um, in mind, but we, we didn't necessarily have the, the person. Uh, and then I was just talking to a gentleman in our church about it, and, uh, and he looked at me and he said, uh, why not me? And, uh, and he was the guy. Um, and it happens to be Sophie's dad. And uh, he'll be starting September 1st. Uh, and we're excited about it. We're excited about it. I think it's going to be a very, very good addition to the ministry there. Our camp went very well. Um, uh, a team from this church came and, and helped with, uh, with camp. And the Lord did a, did a, a fantastic work during camp. Um, Portugal is a very small country, as you know. There's not a lot of camps 
There's, even, there's not even a lot of churches preaching the gospel in the whole country. Portugal is about the size of the state of Maine, just for you to have an idea. And so we have kids coming from all over the country to, to that camp. That For a lot of them, that's the highlight of their year. Of their year. Um, and now we have some of the kids that have been coming to the last eight years of camp, and some of them are beginning to um, uh, ask questions about the possibility of going into full-time Christian ministry. And of course, that's exciting as well. Uh, so anyway, this church has been so, so important to us, to the ministry in Portugal, and we wanted to uh, thank you. Uh, and I, I will never say it enough times. I will never say it enough times. And even uh, some of you will, will um, not some, a lot of you will send notes uh, and, and, and just the, the, the questions you guys have been asking since, since we've been here, uh, it's a proof that you, that you partner with us in prayer, and that is, uh, that is precious to us. Um, we are, uh, some, a lot of you asked about, and before we get, our text is Mark chapter 6, if you want to go, if you're going to start opening your Bibles. And um, a lot of you asked about the, how, how is the adoption process uh, going? Or and I um, are praying about adopting a child. And so um, we've been, for the last year and a half, uh, stuck in paperwork. Uh, and so we ask that you would pray, uh, continue to pray. Uh, Friday, this next Friday, we'll be going to D.C. to take care of some paperwork that have to do directly with this um, adoption process. The fact that Aura doesn't have... Um, doesn't the um, is not fortunate enough to be a Portuguese citizen yet. Okay, that didn't go very well. Okay, <laughs> next, the fact that but uh, uh, the fact that she is not a Portuguese national complicates things. Uh, there's all kinds of red tape because of that. So another thing that we're working on is making Aura a Portuguese citizen. I tell you, after salvation, that's the best thing that can happen to anybody. <laughs> Uh, so, so we're, we're going through it th 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 three ways. The, um, uh, of course, um, or a citizenship, the regular getting all the paperwork that they require because of her not being a citizen. And recently we met a family that have adopted from a Portuguese-speaking African country. Um, and we're supposed to meet them soon um, over coffee because apparently it's a lot easier. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children in the country of Angola and the country of Mozambique that need families. So anyway, we're just, uh, we're just seeing what the Lord is going to do and we're uh, trusting in him. His time is always the best time. So Mark chapter 6, we're going to go over this text the next two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Nobody takes me seriously. Mark chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 1 all the way through verse 6. And then we'll see a couple of things here. Um, it says, and, and he, this is Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, 
the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. Till here. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so thankful that uh, you have... Um, allowed us to be here, and we're so thankful that you uh, give us churches where we can uh, uh, minister together and serve one another and love one another and sing praises to you and hear about you. Lord, we're so thankful for everything you have done towards our salvation. And Lord, we, we trust in your promises that your Holy Spirit is with us. And we trust in your promises that your Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us and open our eyes for your word. And so we pray that you would help our unbelief and help our, if, if we are tired or weak. Lord, if there's any, anything here that we need to, to listen to, Lord, that you would speak to us this evening. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So right after these verses, Jesus, uh, we have the very familiar passage that Jesus sent his uh, disciples to and to uh, to go uh, preach and heal. But before Jesus sent his disciples, he took his disciples and mimicked or showed them what he wanted them to do. And that's the significance of this passage here. Jesus was showing them what they needed to be doing. So by application, we can say then that maybe we ought to pay attention at what is going on in these verses. Because maybe this is, uh, maybe we'll find here some guidelines, some tips. Everybody is wanting tips. Everybody is looking for tips. You, you look on, on Facebook and Pinterest, everybody wants tips on everything. So maybe there's some biblical tips on how we should be sharing our faith with others. Um, Jesus, in this passage, goes back to his hometown. I don't know uh, if, if you have this kind of place, a place where, or maybe a street or a neighborhood or a, vi or a village or a city where you go and you're known. Maybe you grew up there or you, or you held a job there and you go down the street and people greet you by name. People know who you, who you are. Uh, I believe uh, your ex expression would be your neck of the woods. Is that an acceptable expression? Okay. Your own neck of the woods. So Jesus goes back. Now, um, most times this is a very uh, pleasurable experience. To go back to a, a place that you know well, to a place where you are known, it's good. I have a place like this. Uh, I grew up on this tiny island. It's the second most beautiful place in the world. The first is Lebanon, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and a very close second is this island, the island of St. George in the Azores. 
Now, you, you, have to t you have to get on a plane and go for two hours on a commercial plane to get to this island. And then you get there and it's 10,000 people and 20,000 cows in the middle of the ocean. It's a small place. So that's where I grew up. I was able, a few years ago, with the help of a cousin of mine from California, we got into genealogy, and there's these paid services online, um, and we found the very first one of our ancestors that was not born on that island. And he was born in southern Portugal, the Algarve, in 1460. So, can you agree with me that I'm from that island? That's where I'm from. And a few years ago, I got the chance to take our pastor from Rhode Island to that island for just a day. He only had a day, but I wanted to show him my island. And uh, to get there, you get on a plane for two hours, and you go to one of the bigger islands, and then you swap planes to a smaller plane, and you go to my island, St. George. Sounds a bit presumptuous to call it my island all the time. Just go with me. And so we get to the bigger island, and then um, we have to catch our flight. It's early in the morning, and they start opening the shops at the airport. And uh, I notice that one of the girls that is opening one of the shops, um, I used to t give her music lessons. So I go and say, hey, hey. And we're talking, and my pastor's going, What's going on? And we get on the, the smaller plane, and the guy that sat across the aisle from us, um, he went to the same, uh, he went to school with me. We, we were in the same class together, so we chatted the whole flight. And, when, and once we got to the island of St. George, you, you, uh, you should have seen it. Cars, cars pile up. Hey, Antonio's boy is here. Hey, people, it's Antonio's boy. And then they might whisper to each other, it's the one that joined the cult. <laughs> but regardless of how weird they think I am, um, it's Antonio's boy. Antonio's boy is here. Everybody. Yeah, you need to come and, and eat. I like eating. <laughs> I'm pro-eating. One, um, one time I visited the island just to be able to fit everybody. I had dinner the same day three times. <laughs> I have three dinners with three different sets of people. Glorious memories. <laughs> and so everybody knows me, and, and, and it's, it's very nice. We, um, we, uh, we went down a hill to, a, to a, a little village where actually a celebrity chef, Anthony Bourdain, went and he had food in this one restaurant in this little village where cars don't go to. And we had to walk down the mountain for two hours to get to this little village. And I called ahead of time and they said, oh, the restaurant is closed for the winter. And I said, okay, that's okay. And he said, but wait, who are you exactly? And, and, and then he's like, you're Antonio's boy. You know what, you guys come. We'll have lunch waiting for you. And so they, they opened the restaurant just for us. Our pastor couldn't believe it. He was like, now tell me again. Now a couple of years ago, I got to go there with a different focus, with a different emphasis. 
We got some, some uh, teenagers that, uh, from camp, Ora and I and my father-in-law, and we took a missions trip to the island. The goal was to have one night was service where the gospel of Jesus Christ was going to be proclaimed. And we started ahead of time, Brother Bob, we started with Facebook ads. And so we were the talk of the town even before we got there. Antonio's boy is coming, and he's bringing some weird people with him. He's going to do some weird things. Get ready, people. Get ready. And all we did was we went from one end of the island to the other end of the island. We had these printed invitations, and we were saying, we're going to have this service Friday at 9 o'clock. You're welcome to come. And we visited my family members, my classmates, friends. Everybody got one of those cards. And then, of course, the devil knew about this as well. Because the islands were going through elections and the, part, well, the main political party scheduled a, a rally for the same night, same time with free food for everybody who would attend. And so I had no idea what, uh, what was going to happen. But you know what? The reception that time around, every time I saw people, they were still nice. But it was a lot more distant. I had no idea what the Lord was going to do if anybody would show up. Because the kind of place that once you show up to something like this, you're, you're branded. People start pointing you out in the street. So I didn't know if anybody would show up, but we thought if at least the 10 of us, we would have a, 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 a service and the gospel would be announced. By service, when service time came, 11 other people showed up, including some of my family members. God is good. The gospel was announced, and we've had some good conversations since with some of those people. And we're, we're hoping to go back and do some more of this. All of this to tell you that going back this time for Jesus was not the easiest thing to do. He went there to proclaim to religious people that they needed to repent and turn to God. In their synagogue, he was telling them, you need something that you don't have. And, 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 and sinners in their pride struggle with that idea, right? So the first idea I wanted to share with you is this. Jesus went there to teach even though he already knew what their reaction would be. See, the, 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 the um, passage says very clearly that in verse 3, that they were offended at him. They were offended at him. The, uh, it, it, it's interesting because at, at, at the same time, they were saying, wow, what great wisdom comes from his lips. Where did he get all this wisdom? And they were also saying, what great power he has. But at the same time, they, they were offended at him. But may, may, I, may I call our attention to the fact that Jesus went there already knowing what their reaction would be? Sometimes we take too far, I believe, sometimes we take too far the idea of, I will only share my faith with somebody if I know what their reaction is going to be. Sometimes I think we take too far the idea of, 
If, if God opens a door, I think sometimes we take that idea too far. Because sometimes that is an excuse for not sharing the gospel. Well, I'm not going to share it because they are going to react badly. I already know. I know them. I know my sister. I know my brother. I know my cousin. I know my mom and my dad. I know my classmate. I know exactly that this is not the thing they like. This is not the sort of thing that, that, that they like. They're not going to like if I say something about Christ. So, I will only speak if God opens a door. And a, a, and, and a lot of times, that, that only disguises the fact that we don't believe in the power of the gospel. There is power in the gospel. This is the part you say, amen. Amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So, so, so it's not, a lot of times it's not a lack of opportunity. It's a lack of faith on our part. Do we believe, do we believe that God is powerful? A couple of weeks ago, we had camp there in Portugal. And when camp started, I looked at those kids and I said, there's no way God is going to do anything here this week. I, I, I was going to use this illustration with this week's camp, but I'm not going to do that. Well, our camp, I can say, some of those kids, ugh, I don't know, too rowdy, too this, too that. There's no way God is going to work. We do things like that. That's unbelief on our part. So the camp went on and, and the gospel was preached. And there was one night, this one kid gets up, 10-year-old kid. And he comes to me after the service and he says, Pastor Mark, I need to talk to you about salvation. And, I, and inside I was thinking, you? You? You want to talk to me about? Of all people? Let's go. And we shared some scripture, we talked, and then, and then I, I, I was there, and I heard the little boy pray. And one thing that, I, that, that stuck with me in his prayer was, he, he prayed this. He said, thank you, God, for helping me go talk to Pastor Mark. That's something. Because for, for, for a 10-year-old boy to talk to a 400-pound man... It, 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 you've been there. It's, it's a bit of a, oh, maybe tomorrow, right? It's that whole. And so he was aware that if it hadn't been for God's power, he would not have had the, uh, the ability to do it. Isn't that precious? There is power in the gospel. A clear presentation of the gospel message can go a long way. 
A clear presentation of the gospel truth can go a long way. God saves. It's not through our ability to share the gospel. God, share, God saves through his power to save. Simple presentation of the gospel might go something like this. God is real and he is a holy God. And, and mankind has sinned against his holiness and his perfection. And, and, and mankind cannot do anything to, to, to reach God on their own merits. So God came and became man. And God himself paid the price that his righteousness demanded. And now, with this message being proclaimed, sinners are urged to respond in repentance and faith. And I, I know many of you here have a testimony you have already heard and responded. And you even remember the person who shared the gospel with you or, or the person that was with you when you prayed to trust Christ. How many of, of here remember that person, that, that special person that God used to reach you? Okay, okay, very good. We remember. We were there. But, um, uh, but, but, but where would we be if God hadn't taken the initiative to come for us? Maybe there's somebody here that has never responded to the gospel in repentance and faith. Or maybe... Everybody around you thinks you already have, that God has already saved you. But you and God, you know that that has never happened yet. Well, today you're being challenged to respond to the gospel. Repent and trust in Christ. He is sufficient. Another idea from this, uh, from this passage is, that the is the fact that Jesus helped people that did not show him any appreciation. This is horrible. We, we, we don't like people like this. We like, to be, we like being thanked when we do something. And I've found something about the American culture. I like coming to your country, your beautiful country. God bless America and all that. There's, a, there's something about the American culture that is, 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 is a very good thing, and I, and I wish we had more of that, which is the, uh, the displays of appreciation. And there's something in the American culture that we don't have in Portugal, and it's called thank you notes. And thank you cards. Those are fantastic. I like that. You know, the, uh, uh, um, uh, Americans like their thank you card so much that, th that there might be even be a thank you card for your thank you card type thing. <laughs> Have anybody here ever written a thank you card for a thank you card? Oh, wow, very good, very good, Pastor Art has, wow, very good, that's good, appreciate it, we like that, it's a good thing, but we should not fall prey, we should not fall to the trap of only doing good things for the people that good, do good things to us, or only showing kindness to those that we know will show appreciation, because in our flesh we do like that appreciation so much, you see. And so we do these things because we know we're going to get that appreciation, and we go, ah. 
And Jesus helped, because Jesus got this, this, this cold reception. These people were offended at him. And, and, and even at that, he helped many of them. And that is called grace. And we need to be appreciative of God's grace. And we need to be imitators of God's grace. We need to be sharing the gospel with people that might not show any appreciation. And we, we need to be experts in doing good to people without expecting any appreciation. And doing good for people that will um, um, even be rude at us, and we know that they will. Ooh. A good way, a good, a good environment to practice this is no doubt the local church. The local church is bound together in a, in a commitment of love. We are supposed as a local church to love one another. That's, that is what it means to be part of a church. We've committed to love people that are very, very different than ourselves. And so in sharing the gospel, we are to share the gospel even though, um, even though we know that the reaction might not be good. We need, we need to, to do good and share the gospel even when people will not appreciate it. And, and then number three, we also see in this passage that God used for his glory what those people thought were, were shameful characteristics. Look, look with me to uh, verse three again. There, so they saw that there was wisdom in Christ. They, they, they saw his power. And then in verse 3, they start putting him, in, putting him down. And everything they say about him in verse 3 is to diminish Jesus. He, they go, is not this the carpenter? Right? Hey, people, wake up. He's saying these good words and he's doing these mighty works. But people, he, he's just the carpenter. And then they go, isn't, it, isn't he the son of Mary? And by saying, by saying it this way, see, it was, a common, um, it was a common story being spread out in those days that there was something fishy with the way Jesus was born. And so by saying it that way, they're, they're, they're going, isn't this the son of Mary? Wink, wink. And, uh, and they go, oh, and, and what about his family? James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Well, Everything they said here was to, was to diminish Jesus, but everything they said here, these little things, these things that they thought were nothing, were things that God used for his greater glory. Isn't Mary a great example to all believers? James, the brother of, of Jesus, was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. A leader of thousands was used by the Holy Spirit to write the epistle of James. Judas was, was, was used by the Holy Spirit to write the, uh, the epistle of, of Jude right before Revelation. So 
this, this idea is very important, the fact that the world despises the little things and God uses precisely those little things for his ultimate glory. Sometimes as a church we might go, okay, so there were some camp decisions. Yoop did he do. Some camp decisions. More camp decisions. That will never last. I used to be that way. There were some kids, uh, 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 there was uh, uh, one kid that uh, here at, uh, at the, the camp here that clearly made a, 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 a decision for Christ and to see him at the breakfast table reading his Bible, that was incredible. Just, just soaking it in. And it's very uh, easy for us more mature and more experienced Christians to go, oh, isn't that cute? And how dare we? Because God uses the little things, the, the, the things that are despised by this world for his glory. We have no idea. It was very interesting, Pastor uh, Caleb gave the example of the, the Sunday school teacher that shared the gospel with Moody. Uh, and some years ago, Ori and I were just walking in Boston. I, I, actually, we were lost. I know a lot of places in the world by the places I've been lost in. Um, sometimes people say, hey, what about New Hampshire? Yep, I've been lost there. Um, and so we were lost in Boston trying to find the, the, the freedom, get back to the Freedom Trail. Um, and we look on this wall, and I, have the, I took a picture uh, it was a plaque of the store where Moody was saved, the great evangelist, D.L. Moody. He was saved at that store because a Sunday school teacher, he didn't, even though he didn't want to go share the gospel with him or he had very, uh, uh, a lot of concerns about it, he, he was faithful and he went anyway. I've shared, I've shared the story um, here, I believe, uh, but, it's, um, but it just came to my mind um, about the, um, the lady at the post office uh, where, we, where we lived. And um, uh, she was this, um, uh, she had that uh, public worker um, attitude to her, uh, very just stamping papers all day long. I don't know, I think it's just in Portugal, but people, you give somebody a government job and they, they, it's like they're, everything's wrong, you know, it's like they're very bitter. But I think it's only in Portugal. I don't think, I think everybody that works in the uh, place here that issues a driver's licenses, I think they're all nice here. But this lady had that, that uh, attitude and, um, and and I was waiting in line, and I had seen her there before, and I thought, I'm going to give this lady a track. And then I thought, I don't want to give this lady a track. She's going to think bad of me. And then um, I took the track, held it in my hand, and uh, I didn't want to back out. And then the time came, I gave her the track. And she said, I just said, if this is a Bible reading about heaven, I want you to have it. 
and she looked down. And then she smiled, and she said, thank you, this interests me. And then that lady with her little daughter, she came to church, and she heard the gospel. Don't despise the little things. And the last point, and we're finishing, is the idea in verse 5 that it says, and he, um, and he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. The only thing he did there was to heal a few. And I just want us to realize that ministry is, is worth it just for the few. It really is not up to us to determine what is a worthwhile ministry. A worthwhile ministry is a ministry that is done in God's will and for God's glory. Just a few words of application. Maybe we need to repent today of our sin of unbelief. And maybe as, as, as we talked about somebody that is hard to reach, somebody that we know will respond badly to our attempt to share the gospel with them. And maybe as, as we talked about that, maybe a name has come to our mind. And maybe somebody here needs to repent of the sin of unbelief and the sin of not sharing their gospel, even when it's hard. Maybe we need even this week to attempt to make a simple proclamation of the gospel to that person. Isn't God able to do the impossible, we ask? Also, we should not be doing good only to those that do good to us in return. We need to be practice, practicing practitioners uh, uh, of grace. Let's say it that way. Number three... God is at work in and around us. God reminds us, every time, we, we're, every time we open the scriptures, God reminds us of little things. Little things that we maybe need to forsake or little things that we need to apply. And all we're, all we're saying here tonight is don't despise the little things. For God uses those things for his ultimate glory. And finally, we need to always remember, God is trustworthy. See, people don't reject the gospel for lack of teaching or lack of demonstrations of God's power. People reject the gospel because of the hardness of their hearts. There is no guaranteed method of success. God is the one that saves. We are to be faithful to him. Seek him and trust him. God bless you, Pastor.